What's up, everybody? Welcome back to uh, another episode of the Throughline Podcast. I'm Jay Larson here, jlarsoncomedy.com, Jay Larson Comedy on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. It's uh, Jay Larson. Yeah, it is Jay Larson Comedy. We have a new Facebook fan page, Jay Larson Comedy. So go over there. I know there's a Throughline Podcast fan page as well. You can go 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 subscribe over there and be a part of the community if you like to be community oriented. I myself am. Uh, what is our date today? Are we the twentieth? Yeah, I think we're the 20th of June. My gosh. Uh, I hope everyone out there had a great Father's Day. Um, I had a fantastic Father's Day. We went to a park. We played Frisbee. I'll tell you, playing Frisbee with your kids is maybe one of the greatest things in the world. For me, if you don't picnic, okay, let me tell you what's amazing about picnicking. You're sitting on a blanket. It's outside. Maybe you're in some shade. Find the shade. You can go in the sun and then you retreat to the shade you know usually at a park there's gonna be a good breeze coming through there's other people you're interacting ah i love it i'm gonna i love doing it. it's one of my favorite things in the world having a picnic i feel like people don't have picnics anymore also it i think for us over at the larson household we are trying to do more things that one are just cost less money for sure and two we're doing stuff that's just connecting us as people and doesn't it used to just be oh what's the best restaurant where can we go out to eat and i'm like oh it's so lame like you get to interact this way we brought games we brought coloring i mean this is stuff if you have a family if you have a family um let me know about it. I love to hear about people. That's the other thing. If you ever want to reach out, Holiday Bakery Productions at Gmail. A lot of you guys DM me on Instagram. Some of you DM me on Facebook. Some of you email. Thank you for the emails for the, those of you out there. Um, I have some road dates coming up. I'm going to be in Florida, in Naples, in Naples, uh, at Off the Hook Comedy Club. I know that's a crazy name, uh, but I'll be posting about it soon. Uh, I'll have that post up for you guys, and that's going to be in, uh, what are we, that's July, at August, I believe, and then in, um, I'm also coming out to Vermont Comedy Club at the end of the year in December, and I'm also going out to um, Portland, Oregon for New Year's Eve excited about that and then there's a couple other road dates that i'll be uh posting about i honestly guys i always say check my website instagram is normally where i put everything i just it's easiest for me i don't know if you know this i can't stand technology i just can't stand it i don't get it it's tough for me we've been paying out the nose for internet we have a bundle do you bundle it's i hate it i hate it and i was like we pay way too much money so i switched our bundle and it was way less guy comes out now my sonos don't work i can't get our extends you gotta get an extends because your internet can't reach through four rooms you're just like well, what are we even doing any of this for it's like we have all this modern technology that takes so many steps it took an entire day of my life to make sure that we could get things and they're not even working anyway Reach out to me through any of those. So it's always easier for me to use Instagram because it's the one thing. It's right there. Boom, boom. I can do everything off my phone. And I, I, I'm trying to limit my phone time as much as possible because uh, I, I like the stuff around. I like this. I like stuff I can touch. I like things I can feel. Internet is just this weird thing. And I know it's where everything is and I'm doing my best. You see it. But um, 
reach out to me, email me, and get on the Throughline fan page on Facebook and comment with other other people and hit me up if there's things. I uh, someone said to me, hey, I like that you do those little intros now because you're talking more to us, and I'm like, yeah, I like doing this, and to to the, so much so that I think I'm gonna launch one that's just me. And some of you are like, oh boy. Others are like, yeah, I'd like that. So if there's things you want me to talk about or if you have questions, hit me up, email me. DM me like, hey, what about this? And I'll write you back and I'll make a note of it and I'll talk about it a little bit on here. Um, anyway, it's great to have you guys here. I love this guest that we got this week. Um, if you ever watched Undateable, which was on, uh, I don't know, maybe four years ago, three years ago, they did the third season live, which I thought was one of the ballsiest things ever done. And uh, I love that show because so many uh, funny comedians are on it, good friends, guys I love like Brent Morin and Chris D'Elia, and this week's guest, Rick Glassman. He's also in that great movie, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, about uh, the making of Caddyshack. And he's got a great podcast. He's had some great guests, uh, the Take Your Shoes off podcast uh and he's had seth green he's had blake griffin he's got some really great guests so go over there and check him out as always check us out itunes youtube uh wherever you're listening to this podcast make sure you rate review you subscribe and tell your friends about it if we put an instagram post up share it or tag a friend in a comment that you think fits what we're talking about um it's the only way we grow and we can do it together so please enjoy this week's episode with uh one of my favorite people, Rick Glassman. You're the first guest who's literally asked, what's my frame on the camera? Like, do you want to know what your range is? Like, if you want to get up and like, are you going to break dance at any point? No. But you do dance. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone dances. Look, I said to you when you walked in, look at you. You have the frame of like a professional athlete. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. How far did you go in basketball? Oh, I didn't even start playing basketball until 10th grade. So... I, I um but were you playing other sports no no i was playing magic the gathering and like yeah, taking yeah. cooking classes and stuff i was taking cooking classes yeah you cook i mean i cook like i dance if you were to watch me cook you'd be like oh you have rhythm but it's not i'm not gonna start a restaurant you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't think you took a couple cooking classes and all of a sudden you're making like a burblanc sauce on the side yeah i could make a burblanc but how do you make a burblanc it's it's butter uh cream uh, parsley, lemon juice, white wine, olive oil, and uh, a little sugar. <sighs> Didn't think he'd get it. Yeah, I, I did just not made it all think that up. he'd get. No, it's close. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know. I didn't make it up. I think the cream might be off, but definitely white wine, lemon, butter. Sure. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Either way, I was impressed for a second there. Do you do a cold open? Like, do you On find my own, a, yes. find a joy? And then then the theme song comes in. Yes. So you want the theme song to come in on a punchline or something, right? No. Oh, it just comes in at, at a break. Yeah, this is, you know, like I said, I said to you earlier, I'm not going to be editing anything. So if if you're going to take moments like this that most people would edit out, just try to minimize them. You know what I mean? Listen, man, this is your literally your house. I'm so glad you're here, man. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks. Um, but you put up videos of you playing hoops and you ball. I'm a, I'm a good basketball player. So did, did you ever make the high school team or did you try yeah, I made the high school team mm-hmm. I made the high school team because the coaches were kind mm-hmm. I um in I, I in ninth grade I had to go to a, a special school for a little bit for what um in well before that I was in to some, deal with your rage no 
Maybe. Well, I don't even know if you have Ridge. I think it'd be interesting. I like to approach every interview. Like, I don't really... Even things that I do know about you, which I definitely want to talk about, because we've... Is there anything we can't talk about? No. I don't think so. Yeah, you're an open book. But we've had to say the N-word, you know? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Our sponsors would be very upset. But we've had conversations before about many different things, so I want to, like, dive into those. But why... What special school were you in? I was in some learning disabled classes, and, and then... Uh, there's like two tiers. I still don't really understand it. And I think it's because I have the perception of an eighth grader still in that part of my life because I, I never revisited it. So to my understanding as a child, there's, there was a learning disabled classes and then there was like the other, like the real learning disabled or whatever yeah. this was. And uh, I was here. Then but I had were a, you learning disabled or yeah. were you just autistic? Uh, I, well, I don't know. I mean, or fringe. Um, I mean, learning disabled is such a broad term. I know. That's why I'm asking. So, was it learning disabled? Were you like... Because I, I feel like a disability in learning would be uh, dyslexic or, you know, like that I feel like is a learning disability. Well, I mean, this is kind of a like a bigger conversation that none of us want to get we haven't into. Even, we just started. But I will say, as far as learning disability is, uh, public schools teach the curriculum that they teach and it works to the masses a hundred percent and there are people for many different reasons that aren't on that frequency and yes. needs special attention yes um that to me is what i think of as a learning disability someone that 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 needs to see the numbers not hear them or whatever the thing may be i love that because for me and i you know i definitely don't I don't think I have a learning disability but i'm like a hands-on learner and i can learn so much better through interaction you know like project-based learning okay i feel like it would be something that i would really like uh thrive at you know like project-based learning is like you would build a boat over the course of a month and you would yeah. learn math history you'd learn it all in the idea of like connecting it to something does your audience know that that jay bil- builds all the furniture in the house and the beds and the desks and the tables do people know that you're a builder they know yeah okay you know like i built this set you know what i mean and i like you know it's nothing it's just something i was able to do you know yeah um but yeah i love that stuff and i think it like you know not only is it fun to build it personalizes for me creativity creativity wise it inspires me you can take your, you well, take your put, shoes off i don't want to put the foot are on you the... only going to take one sock shoe off well, I was putting a foot up, and I didn't want to put my, the shoe on your couch. Well, or chair. Yeah, I don't want to put on your couch you, or your chair. Are you also furniture disabled? No. You can't tell FD? different furniture? No. <laughs> but while we're at it, uh, I will give a, go ahead and plug my podcast, which happens to be called Take Your Shoes Off with Rick Glassman. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not just doing it in my home. No. Um I mean, I appreciate it. And great sock company. Bomba, I'm actually also trying to get a Bomba sponsorship. I don't need them to pay me. Just send me socks. There's some, nothing like putting on a fresh, crisp pair of Bomba socks. I don't have it like a commercial written for it. No. I just Yeah. But they're also a one-for-one one company. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Every time you buy a pair of Bomba socks, they feed a family of four. No, that's not true. And this is... <laughs> Well, we, that's probably why you don't get the sponsorship. Well, every time you buy a pair, they give a pair to homeless because I, I think homeless shelters, the number one thing they need are socks. Yes. Yes. But when you don't have to buy socks, you get to spend that money on food. There you go. And that's, and that's, you're right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for Bombas having me, man. Brought to you from Jay Larson and Ricking. Yeah. Um, so 
tell, so basketball, you so I went team. so so I went so you grew out upside outside of Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, uh, outside of Cleveland. Um, I I was in this the certain class in eighth grade. Ultimately, I would have to spend my high school in this weird class unless I went to Pep which is the school I went to, Positive Education Program. Mm-hmm. And you go in, if you could make it out of there, you could make it anywhere. You know it. It's kind of like getting laughs in the OR at the comedy store. You know you're good. Late night, son. So uh, at Pep is where um, there were some like kids that were like, you know, it was like a tougher area than I was used to. And in a tough area, you got cool basketball players. I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. At least that was my understanding in Cleveland. The closer you get to Cleveland, the better the basketball players are, you know? Okay. And... I uh, started playing basketball, kind of. I was wearing my khakis, and I didn't know what I was doing, but like I was introduced to the sport as in a, like not as a, you know, I guess at that age. And uh, when I went back to high school in ninth grade, a couple of guys said, you play basketball, and that was, I felt like my end to friends and acceptance, and um, I got like addicted to it. And I got okay, but that's where but I got you, confident. Is that your mentality, though, that when you find interest in things, you completely yeah. immerse yourself in yeah, it. Yeah, I get very very focused for, you know, for good and for bad. Uh, other things outside of that narrow focus uh go fall to the wayside. Um and it's I can't prioritize well. So if I get lucky and I'm working on something that matters like a relationship myself or a career, then yeah. it's like great, but when I'm focusing on learning how to solve a Rubik's cube or how to how to how to uh build a website or whatever it is that ultimately I still don't know how to code or anything. I I just I would spend I just spent all my time on one thing and well okay because I know you, you how quickly can you solve solve a Rubik's cube like under a minute I I have solved under a minute I'm 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 around 70, 70 to eighty seconds and what's the world record under five seconds no way it's crazy from like completely yeah. well the way the way they do it for for uh, competitions it does the clock doesn't start until you move it so people take the cube and they could examine it yeah. and they have the ability to see I could see a few moves ahead they have the ability to see the cube there are even some where they uh, they examine it for two minutes or so and then they put a blindfold on and then just do it blindfolded because they know where oh. everything is it's fucking crazy. It's, you know what? There's like simple things. Someone came up with the Rubik's Cube like, hey, this is a fun uh, thing. And now people are like, check this shit uh-huh. out, bro. Like the guy that came up with the Rubik's Cube, I think it was Henry Rubik, did not... He was probably a smart man, but like he couldn't do it that fast, I don't think. I mean, no yeah. disrespect to him. Yeah. I'm sure he that like wasn't his plan, you know? Yeah. Like it wasn't plan wasn't like, hey, let me crush this yeah, thing. Like, like, um, like Leroy Neiman, not Neiman, that's a shirt. What's why, who created basketball? What's his name again? Uh, I can't remember. Leroy Neiman. That's not it. It's, it's something like that, right? From what Neiman Marcus? I don't know. <laughs> sure, it could be. Uh, well, fuck. What's his name? Um, well, whoever created it, you know, he's not. He's not Duncan. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the guy no. who makes it, and then someone he's perfects not rain it. Rain in half quarters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Gotta look it up. Why do you have to know so bad? Because. Uh, don't you love the idea of not knowing? No, I love it. Give me a couple. Of, tell me a couple of things that you don't know that you love that you don't know. Well, it. for this, I'm like, what do I really need to know? The guy who James Nasmith, name Smith, name Smith, yeah, Nasmith. whatever. Yeah. You were real close with who? Fucking <laughs> Shelly Duncan <laughs> from Duncan Hines. Uh, I liked how you had Duncan in your head because I said he's not Duncan. Yeah. So did you play basketball after high school then? Yeah. And so in college, I got good, dude. I was like dunking on people and like, fuck you, fuck you, man. First of all, that's not getting good. What the hell is going on? <laughs> you watched a lot of 
mixtapes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you play in college? I played. Uh, I, I'm an intramural champion in a D1 school, and I got to play with the team sometimes. Well, you know. What school? Kind of. Kent State. Kent State. Yeah. All right. So then you would, in intramurals, you were just crushing? There were guys, I mean... It was there was a lot of good basketball players there. And if you've never played intramurals, the bigger the school and the bigger the basketball program, the better the intramurals yeah. because it's guys that like love basketball, yeah. but like guys who would try to walk on, who just like oh let's play intramurals, right? Mm-hmm. Did you tr- did you walk on? No, I tried. I went I went uh, two years to try to walk on. Really? <laughs> yeah. What's that like? Oh, it's dude. It's like it's like. Uh, the first time you test for a show where it's like, what this could make my life, you know? Yeah. And people are watching. It's It was the most nerve-wracking. I remember there was there was a moment where I was... Uh, it was a fast break, and I was driving down the court, and um, I fell. And, uh, like, there were, I tripped or I fell on... I don't know if it was someone else's fault or mine, but I do know that, like, it was... That's not the time to fall. Yeah. You know, go around him, even if I did run into him, you know? Yeah. And as I was falling, I, I like threw the ball to, so it didn't go out of bounds to someone and I threw a bullet to a dude's chest behind my back who was driving and made a layup and a few people oh you know and 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 then some people knew that it was an accident and this is probably the first time I've ever admit because I've said that no I knew exactly I mean I didn't mean to fall but I knew but yeah um so it was the pass was to Ricky Brooks shout out to Ricky Brooks sub Ricky uh yeah, it was an accident I just fell and I got lucky with it but um yeah leave that story in but I mean, did the, were coaches like no, noting after that, like, damn, this kid's got vision? Not. Probably not. You and know? did you ever get close? What they tell you? How do you? Find Nobody out made you it. Don't. Nobody made no it. No one made it. Yeah, when I tried out. That's crazy because you see all these things all the time. He's like, I and he was a walk on here. Yeah, but North those people Carolina. are, you know, not me. <laughs> you have to be. If you're not going to get recruited, that it's because they didn't see you or you got so much better. You know what I mean? I'm like a six three Jewish guy who's just happens to be. Oddly, very still, very good at basketball and coordinated. Thank you still you. playing in men's league now? Yeah, but everything hurts. I mean, how old are you? Thirty-four. Yeah, I could play forty. What do you mean? My body hurts. I oh. just had shoulder surgery and hernia surgery. Three hernias last year. I have arthritis in my right elbow. I can so, complain so for the rest you're, of the podcast. You're thirty-four, but you're really like a sixty-eight-year-old Jewish guy. Yeah, I'm like a 34-year-old Jewish guy. I'm like a 68-year-old not Jewish guy. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Theme song. (laughs) If it's not too late. Welcome to the through line. Um, That's crazy. Do you love sports otherwise? Did you play any other sports? That's the only one? basketball. I have a very intimate relationship with basketball because of what it... It was the first time I saw myself getting good at something and people valuing me for it. Yeah. And I have this narrative. Like, even talking to you right now, I'm a very good basketball player. I know... I, I'm, you know, how good am I? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm real good. Yeah. But no, I'm, I can't be that as good as I think I am. I can't be. Yeah. I just am better than comedians, you know? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not playing against real competition No, but anymore. you're the dude, like, if you're down the park and you see a guy shooting around, you're like, oh, that dude's nasty. Um, I don't know if you would see that I was nasty from shooting around. I think Can you got to see how quick step? my first step is. You Euro step? I drive hard. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got kicked out of a basketball game not uh, a couple years ago. Uh, I'm back in it, but my old boss kicked yeah. me out of a basketball game because uh, some of the guys, he had to send me an email that was uh, saying some of these guys that have been in this game for 20 plus years don't like uh, don't even show up when you're, you're playing. And um, I'm not kicking you out, but maybe just for the rest was of the year. Was it because you would fucking do shit and be like, fuck you, son? I would be too aggressive. Playing aggressive, talking aggressive. 
Um, I didn't. I don't think of it as aggressive. I think of it Were as. Were you respect. the best player there? Uh, it, when I'm at my best, I'm the best player there, uh, usually, but I'm not usually at my best. There's a few guys that are real good. Yeah. Um, there's some guys that you know still play D1. There's some ex-pros, and then there's a lot of 50-year-old comedy writers, and I'm playing all of them the same exact way, just bodying them up and pushing <laughs> them and stepping over them and trying to dunk, you know, and it yeah. does, is unnecessary. And they're like, fuck this just, Yeah, man, just like, I don't have the, the instinct to... Basketball is an exercise. These are guys trying to get away from their kids for a couple hours and mm-hmm. just have a good time. For me, this is where this is where I'm going to have friends and I'm going to make the team, you know, or whatever. Like I, <laughs> I don't want to sit and you know, like at school, if you lose, you have to wait a few a whole bunch of games. So yeah. you want to win no matter what. When you play against girls, it doesn't matter that they're girls. You just you trap them in the corner and like I got next. Yeah, and yeah. Um, over the past few years, I've come into some more self-awareness. I, I, I didn't even realize I was crossing the line for people. Yeah. Uh, and how long <laughs> How long did it go on before they said, bro? I was in the game for years, so I don't know if, if it was a slow build or something happened. And I think that people... Did it go from like five <clears throat> on five to like three on three? Because so many people are like, nah. Rick's no, going. The, the, this, is a, this is a game where there's always 15 people. It's an invite-only game. There's a long list, gotcha. and uh, you never have more than a one-game wait. They don't. Yeah, it's it's like it's a very well-organized pickup game by someone who rents a gym. Yeah. It's exactly what you want in Los Angeles: an indoor gym. It's weekly, the same time. It's you know, the, it's it's a good place to network. A lot of showrunners are in it. There's Division One athletes in it. It's it's like exactly what you want to be in. And I'm just fucking you know really taking advantage of just a, a hoop game throwing are you calling charges no no are you giving charges i mean no i'm sure I, you know is there a ref there's no ref it's just pickup yeah it's pickup basketball pick up five on five in a gym you yeah know i mean you could have a ref I mean, yeah, sport, you know, I got to be honest with you, he's got a lot of money, and it's crazy that he hasn't considered getting a ref, and I'm actually going to bring that up to him. I'd have a ref, I'd have a scorer keeping stats. <laughs> my, that's what my Just father... Just that's a league. What yeah. do you mean that's what your dad did? My father-in-law still does the score. He's like the head referee, I'm pretty sure. Like, he keeps the official stats. Like, when, when, they, when there's a foul on number three, when they look over the guy, they go three, boom, that's my father-in-law. He's like, okay. For what? For kind Division One at Marist College. Really? Yeah. It's always at the same school? Yeah. That's where they live. So he, he lives up there, and he's, like, been involved in basketball forever. Like, he used to coach AAU with my wife and her sister. Her sister played D1. Your hoops. wife coached AAU? No, played I think it was, she's a goat, just kid. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> but she could she could box out. That's for damn sure. But um, how do you know that? You know, because you know we've played hoops together. <laughs> she's <laughs> she dominates. You probably you probably like to have her on your team. Um, but yeah, I always love that. That I'm like you know like you always have, or at least I do, retirement jobs that like I fantasize about. Like a starter at a golf course or a marshal who just drives around the cart and sits under a tree like, how you guys doing today? <laughs> That's like a dream job for me. And like my father-in-law's, his is sitting there doing the scores table. You know, he's got a bag of candy there with the guy who's next to him doing whatever else that guy does, official scoring, and he does a f- official like bookkeeping, whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You just get away. Like, you know, he does the men's and women's home games for Marist College. 
And so what? That's probably like 32 games a year. He gets to go watch basketball, be right there. Yeah. Best seats in the house. You're at half How's court. How's his body having to run up and down the court? He doesn't run up. He sits at the, the table. Oh, he's right, the right, official right, right, score. Right, 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 he's right. the guy that you're like, yeah, hey, I was, I was blocking three. And he's like, okay, number three. Right. That's their first foul. You know, a lot of fun. You have like a dream retirement job? I'm doing my dream. I'm trying to do my dream job. Like, no, but retirement job. job. I'm saying when this is done. I'm doing that too. <laughs> what is it? Why do you think I'm able to come here in the, yeah, in the no, afternoon on a weekday? I know, but that's I'm the retired, best thing. Kinda. Um, no, I, I don't. You woke up at noon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's get back to this because we've talked of it. So do you know if you're borderline, if you are borderline autistic? Or... I've been diagnosed with level one autism. Uh, what uh, level ASD. does it go to? There's three levels. To There's three levels. Uh, level one autism is what is commonly known as Asperger syndrome. Okay. Um, Asperger's but is. But there's levels of that as well, no? The, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a spectrum. Um, it doesn't mean how far you are on the spectrum of uh, of high versus low functioning or ability. It's literally on this spectrum. There's so many different things that you could have. Where it's almost like a like your DNA, a little of it. For example, I, as a kid, I had, yeah. Give me some examples because this fascinates I had me. A, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm so OCD because it's like yeah. okay, because you're moving stuff." Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's something to that. That's yeah. probably from the same same wiring of the brain. But like as a kid, it was um, um it took me five minutes to get my socks on because um, it doesn't feel right. And I have to just do stuff and, and all the rituals I would have and the, and the compulsions. and the. So what were some other rituals? I don't love talking about them. Okay. Um, that was one of them. No. One of the rituals is like, I don't talk about my rituals. <laughs> I, I guess I could talk a little. I just No, it's, I, <clears throat> I get it. You don't have to. I just to. had a lot of things that took time um, for me personally. To get leaving over. the house. Well, um, I yes, but that's not what I meant. I meant took time as in um, for someone who could just brush their teeth and walk out the door um, there was a lot of steps in counting into the brushing, what I had to do, how it felt with the turning the sink on and off. When I left the door, it had to be the same, a certain door. I had to leave mm-hmm. it a certain way. It would just take a very, very long time, which is exhausting. Yeah. But past just the personal side of that, there was also things that in, inevitably involved other people because if somebody touched me, uh, I'd have to touch them back, not in a, comp- in a competitive way, just in an even numbers kind of way. Um, I get that. And, uh, I would. I used to skip. I would have do that a lot, and I didn't want people to see it, so I'd have to come up with narratives of why I was doing that. I remember for the skip one, I, I would. Uh, I realized well, would people leave sometimes? That all right, man? Like they'd be like, all right, and they skip on their way off. So I would, when I felt this need to skip, I would end the conversation and then just jog off, starting with a skip. Like I would have to <laughs> create all of these ways to survive. Um, which, and I don't mean to laugh at that in a negative way. Are you able to laugh at it? Because I don't. Yeah. Want, yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it's it's you know it's where I come from. We yeah. all have our our traumas and our obstacles, and mine was one that just oddly is so illogical for someone who thinks so logically. Yeah. That. Um, Do you think it fueled your want to like be comedic because you just naturally have a comedic sense from this? Yeah. So two things. One, my family is very very funny. No, um, I don't see that at all. Um, I don't. I'm I th- just kidding. Your family. You follow me on Instagram. Oh right? my god, they're, 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 the they're crazy funniest. funny. Yes. Um, I always thought that that moms and dads were funny. Yeah. Mom, you know, moms and dads. It's, yeah, it's funny. They're moms and dads. And then when I went to got older, and especially when I went to college, and I met more 
adults with a, their parents. It's like, oh no, everyone's just dreadfully boring. Yeah, you know. So I come from a very funny family. Your uh, family is full tilt. Yeah, they, they were f- the. My brother was the funny one. My parents, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't always funny. I was always annoying and loud and energetic. And you know, you had your moments where, when this, when people want the energy, it's like, oh, that's a fun thing to be around. So I know that you know because I have, um, I have relatives in my family that have Asperger's and I know that depending on the levels of it or the you know the extremes or lows it can be trying on parents yeah. in as much as it's just more work yeah. not trying that you would you know did your parents because they have such great sense of humor like were they good with it was it how did they handle it I was diagnosed with different things here and there the ADDs the ADHDs the different medications and blah 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 um Autism wasn't widely known at the time. It wasn't in the medical journals until 93. I was taking medications by then anyway. Uh, for other things? Um, for the ADHD? Yeah, and stuff. For, or whatever the other things were that they thought it might be. Because back in the 70s or 60s, they'd just be like, mm, he's Jewish. I have a joke. Uh, I have a joke where it's, uh, it turns out I'm autistic. My whole life, I just thought I was Jewish. Yeah. I mean. um, yeah, there is also a lot of neuroses in there. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so my parents, my parents, you know, they, they did a fantastic job and who knows what to do with any kid you know let of alone course. one where they don't know what exactly is going on but my version of learning disabilities and uh were were very specific to uh learning as what i've been learning about autism now oh this makes a lot of sense it was it was more i i, I needed a little makes bit a more lot of sense in like oh i understand why i did x the obstacles i had as a kid that i have a I've I've adapted through and created learned tools to be what I think people refer to as very high functioning because I know I don't come off as an autistic person unless you really get to know me. It depends. I yeah yeah you can't, you can't make those jokes. And Is that uh, inappropriate? Yeah. No, I'm I'm just kidding. I know, but because you know what, I never knew it about you until like. I, think, I mean, I would see you, and I was like, "This dude's so funny." And I, do you remember, like, one of the first? I think the first time I met you. Do you know? Do you remember the first time we met? I remember the first time you told me you thought I was funny, which was at the West Side Theater. But I don't remember where we met. I feel like we met like you and Brent. I was doing Conan, and you and Brent were freaking lot rats. Remember when you and Brent were just lot rats, and you would just hang out on the lot because you guys had a TV show, so you just show up. Yeah, on, and, and Brent like worked at Conan, so we would go, and then I became friends on the. Yeah, I would go to Conan all the time and just watch the guests and stuff. It was very cool. You That's guys right. had the coolest life going. That you was were cool. young. You had a TV show, and you just run around the lot. Lot rats. Yeah, That's a cool. And term. you guys like showed up in my green room, and I'm I like, "What's up, that. boys?" And I'm you're like, "Hey, what's going on?" And you're like, "I'm gonna go run out and grab some meat. Do you want anything?" I'm like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" I'm like, "Who is this?" <laughs> and then like Brent's like, "You don't know." I'm like I, I. That's like one of my first memories. I don't know if it's the first time we met, but it was the first time that I was like, "Who is this guy?" He's so. You just were so comfortable in being who you were and being in place like you were comfortable being in a place that I didn't think you belonged. I was like, "This is my green room. What the hell are you doing in here?" I'm sorry. No, I loved it. I love people that find are able to make themselves. One of the first things I ever realized about my wife that like I loved is like when we would go to someone else's house for like a dinner party or a function, whatever. She would immediately start helping and be in the kitchen and she'd be like cleaning or cooking or serving. And I was just like, how are you making yourself so at home? And it it just became this thing about her. I love that she was able to uh, be okay with not knowing these people and just getting involved, you know? My brother's 
best friend was uh, a year older than him, three years older than me. And when you're 12, 15 is cool, right? It's the best, dude. So not only was this guy just built in cool because he was on the football team and he was strong, he was also older than me and you look up to that. And I remember he used to come over and he, Matt, my brother and his friend are both named Matt, but no, nobody invited Matt over. He just would sometimes come in the house, then knock, just come in the house, hello? Yeah. And you'd go to the fridge and get some. And I always thought that familiarity was so cool. Not only he was confident, he was comfortable. He trusted that we were comfortable with him. 100%. And that's my earliest memory of that feeling. And I think I've, I don't know if that's because Matt walked into the house. Yeah. But I connect so strongly with what you're saying. I think everyone does. Now that you're saying that. Well, so was your house the house that like friends could just come in through the front door? Probably. I mean, if they felt that way, any house is if they feel that way, I I think. That's 100% true. But my house was like, like, I never did that at my friend's house. I'd always knock on the door. And this was a part of me growing up. I never felt like I belonged anywhere. I always did my thing and I always had friends and I always had a group. But why did you feel you belonged if you had your friends and you were included? It just wasn't my thing. It just wasn't. I don't know. I just always felt like I was imposing or like I just would knock. I wouldn't just, you know, I just wouldn't do that. But my house was the one that I would just leave. The front door was always open. Screen door was shut. And like everyone just came in and out. My mom was like, oh, hey, boys. You know, like and everyone just kind of like rolled in and out of my house. And I loved that. And to this day, I love friends that like pop by. Like just recently, uh, a dad at the school that the kids go to. They have kids in the same grades or classrooms mm-hmm. as my kids. And he just like was, I was like, happened to be out front and he was like driving by. He's like, hey, we thought this was your house. And I'm like, oh, what are you guys doing? They're like, no, we're just driving around. I'm like, oh, come on in. I'm like, dude, I love poppins, bro. You always pop in my house. <laughs> I go, we, we ride our bike by your house all the time. He goes, why don't you stop in? I go, I don't know. But now I know. And like, dude, anytime, I think it's like a sitcom thing too. Like, remember characters on a sitcom who would just like show up at of like. Like what was it? Uh, growing pains. Like the skip. Who was their friend? Uh, I, Boner. Boner would just show up and like get in the house. I love kids that would just go into a fridge and like get food. Yeah. Like, God, how much confidence do you have? I feel that when you go into somebody's home and they offer you something to drink, like your wife did. Yeah. Uh, although I really wanted the caffeine, so I asked for the tea. But yeah. um, it's it's you get very specific about what you ask for. Yeah. Well, I know what I want. Yeah. And. Uh, I find that when a host is a host, they like to be that. Does that make sense? Yes. And by and this is such a small thing, and I don't think I'm doing anybody a favor, but if I do want a drink, that was nice of me to let them be a host. I, I don't mean that I don't mean that as in like a points for me. I just mean that like it's definitely I'm not taking anything away. Because I love when people come, hey, do you want something? Yeah, can I have a little bit of this? It's like, great. I, look, what, look what value I have to give you. I like when people want stuff when they come into my place. A hundred percent. But yeah. I never have looked at it like that. And I love that you take that perspective because it's true. People want to feel like needed and they want to help out. Otherwise, they wouldn't suggest it. Yeah. I love that. Well, it, 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 intention could be argued and it's different from person to person. But there's definitely a point in that where, where we want to be a help. Yeah. And, um, you know, if someone said, hey, come on in, do you want a drink or can we just get going? I would probably be like, oh, I don't think they want to give me a drink. <laughs> you know, like, I get that. Yeah, yeah. But hey, do you want the tour? I don't think she minds making the tea. No, you yeah, know? exactly. Which, by the way, again, thank you so much. Yeah, well, I mean, I know she was actually a little annoyed about it. Um, did a good job hiding it. She did. She, yeah. she hides it well. She has you to make She's sure you throw it in my fucking years. face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry to step on your nine year joke. Do that again. 
Nope. We're going to go right. They can hear it. Okay. Well, you know, she's been dealing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like uh, in the same way, like I love being around people who are assholes and rude because the second you're an asshole or rude to me, I'm like, oh, I can just be that way to you. <sighs> I have such a, so many I thoughts on it. this. I'm like, oh, okay, you're a douche. Done, bro. So that's what you want to be that, but you feel you can't be. Until no, it has nothing. I don't want to be a douche. Then why are you saying good? I get to be one now. Because what I'm saying is, if someone's rude and an asshole, usually like in strangers or public situations, you just ignore it. People ignore it. Like, oh, that guy was a dick. Uh-huh. Not me. Oh, you're saying you like the competition and the, the not a competition. I just am like, I love the confrontation. That's com- you. You like the competition. You're going to be a dick. I am. Oh, yeah. I'm like because great. you know you're good at it. Yes, I could beat you. That's competitive. Sure, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna out funny you. I'm gonna out. But it's not to. Out, it's just to say like, oh, if this is how you're gonna treat people, yeah. then just this is how you want to be treated. Yeah, you're East Perfect. Coast. And when people are super nice, like I love when I'm out in public. The other day, I'm like riding my bike with Kate. We're going to pick the kids up at school, and this family, two kids and two adults, are walking down the sidewalk, and we are trying to get off the sidewalk on the street. So we got to take a little stretch of sidewalk. I'm sorry, I'm not able to visualize what you're doing, and I'm gonna have to ask you to do it again. And uh, either slower or differently. <laughs> You're we're, taking a bike. We're on our bikes. Okay, you guys are on the bikes. Riding down a sidewalk. Okay. There's a family walking towards us. On the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. They have the right of way. Yes. Right. Two kids, two adults. We are just taking the stretch of sidewalk because we couldn't get onto the street. Right. And we're just going to take this till we get on the street. Right. So I see the family coming at us. And I go, I go, let me get those high fives. And I put my hand out. Kid high five, kid high five, and then it comes the adults, and the, the adults are like, yeah, high fives! High five, high five. And I felt amazing. Uh-huh. It was the best. And you know, they just now have a, they're going to, now they're seeing the world a different way. They're like, oh, God, well, who was that guy on the bike? They just gave us all high fives. Now, people could take that another way and be like, who, who don't fucking touch my, you know, it could be whatever. So it's the, it's the same thing as like, you know, if they're seeing someone be nice and they're like, oh yeah, let's do that back. So, you know. I don't know why I projected that that story was going to end in, I guess, well, we because were we were talking about it. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But I'm just saying it's it's a similar thing. Yeah. Is, you know, if you're nice to the world, hopefully the world will be nice back. You Chris know? Rock says that, um, that uh, when somebody's on the, uh, the car is pulled over to the side of the road and uh, the car's broken down, People don't want to st- help. They just drive by. Mm-hmm. People, but when they when you see somebody who's out trying to fix their car, raise the tires and raise the car themselves to change the tire, or whatever, you have more of an instinct of wanting to help those people. And he said that we we don't want to help people that could help. We don't want to help people unless we see them trying to help themselves. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And I feel that's a similar. I I, I get that. Um, but I feel it's a similar thing in perspective, which is has nothing to do with my time and energy of working with you or helping you. It's how much. I like you or trust you or want to be around you. And when people give high fives and are happy, yeah, I I do think it like if I'm walking down the street and somebody randomly gives me a high five, even though there's part of me that doesn't want to touch his little greasy hands, I'll probably fist him or whatever. But it's just like you mean fist bump. I fist bump him. Yeah, fist bump. But yeah, I mean, not, that wasn't the instant. When you fist someone or you, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. a difference. But yeah, it does get me, it makes me feel like, yeah, you know what? People are good. That's what I'm saying. So, so then when bad. people are bad, th- I have the same, th- I yeah. want to step up, you know, like the other day when a guy, you know, ripped through an intersection and didn't use a turn and cut me off, I'm going to, I'm going to follow that guy for a little bit and tailgate him. What if he gave you one of these? 
Oh, I have no problem. You give me like, hey, sorry, man. That's one of my favorite things to do is like, there are times I'm not the, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I'll cut someone, someone off because I didn't see him or I'll like realize that it wasn't a four-way stop and mm-hmm. I immediately am like, oh my God, hey, sorry. There's nothing better than being like, oh, I was wrong and, and let them know they're wrong and they Come see on. you and they go, hey, it's cool. Dude. Versus when you go, hey, I'm wrong and they're still going like, are you a fucking idiot? And you're like, I'm apologizing. I was wrong. What do you need me to do? The amount that I go from when someone does something wrong to me and they don't wave, how mad I am, and then once they wave, how much I want to invite them over for dinner, like that. The change of <laughs> totally. how I feel about them. Today, uh, I turned out of my, my street and I turned right, and I am not at full acceleration yet, and I was going to go into the other lane, and I a little late looked, and I swerved back into mine, but the other person wasn't sure, so they had to go like this, and that was my fault. Come up to a red light. And he, he's in front of me, but he goes to the lane over because mm-hmm. I think he anticipated he wanted to go window to window with me. Yeah. And as I was pulling up to him, I saw him through the window getting one of these. And I lowered my window and um, I said, that was my bad. I, I definitely, I wasn't going fast enough. And, I, and, and, and he, oh, don't even worry about it. Like as if he wasn't picking the lane and doing one of these first. Yeah. But yeah. But of course, because you... I love I love that. You know what I like to do a lot too? I'll be driving down the highway. I see something that I like and I'll roll my window down. I was driving down to San Diego and I saw this guy in this. I don't know if you like cars at all. Do you like cars? I don't know. I don't, I'm not educated, but sure. I'm not. I just like cars. I like design of cars. I okay. like how they look. And like the new Volvos this year across the board, station wagons, SUV, four-door, two-door, they're gorgeous. They have. I just love the lines on them. And this dude had the station wagon and he had it like tricked. And I'm driving down to San Diego and we're going like 25 miles an hour. And I pulled up next to him and I was like, roll your window down. And the guy like rolled his window down. I'm like, dude, I love that car, man. Do you love it? He's like, I love it, bro. We're driving down (laughs) the freeway. You know what I mean? And you're just like, we're so, I just feel like lately we're so like ready to only mention the negative to people and not mention the positive. We'll show the positive online. But when we're talking like Yelp reviews or like how often do you go to a restaurant and have a really good experience and grab the manager and be like, hey, I just want to let you know. This was like amazing. Do it all the time. Learn do that you? from my mom. But I know that's where I, whenever I do, I think of my mom. But yeah. I did it recently at a place and I, I, I go, uh, we were done eating and I said, hey, can I see the manager? And they were like, yeah, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, everything's great. So I'm like waiting. The manager comes over. She's like, hey, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, I just want to let you know. Like our waitress, it was amazing. She was like so upbeat great personality so accommodating it was just it just made our meal like awesome and i just want to let you know she's doing a great job she's like that's so great to hear yeah. she goes will you wait here a second i go yeah she leaves comes back with two gift cards and she's like hey next time you come in the kids meals are on us and i was like oh thanks so much that's why i do it boom <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> but then there was like i how many times you've been to in and out burger a lot have you ever had a bad experience no never Every time I go there, they're just everyone's doing yeah. their job. Everyone's sweet. Everyone's I think they're known nice. for that too. I think they like they get health benefits or something. Like they're they're pretty selective Crazy. and they do a great job. And people like their jobs there. Yeah, I said to my wife one day, I'm like, why are we not telling the manager how great they are here? Because every time we come in this one spot, and I'm like, that's yeah, you know what I mean. I've never done that in and out. Well, I usually well, do well, it if it's about one one interact. I do it like for a server or or customer service. Yeah, right. Well, what did what did you learn from your mom and? When did you notice her doing that? My mom, my I, my mom is. Um, what do your parents do? Is love. What do they do? My mom sells perfume. My dad grew up. He had restaurants. Um, oh, really? And now he sells area rugs. 
<laughs> That's why I was, I was noticing that I could get you. I wanted to get you a pad. Oh, I know. The first thing he does, he looks at my little. Always rug. look at right. I feel this little movement. I'm like, yeah, I, it's fine. It's just not perfect, you know. Yeah. I don't want anything to be perfect. Well, then I won't get you a pad because the ones we have at Marshall Carpet and Tile are perfect. That's his? Marshall Rug Gallery, yeah. And that's where? Outside of Cleveland? Northeast Ohio. And how many you got? One. And he had rest. What kind of restaurants were they before? Sports Bar and Grills. Flo Nettie's was the restaurant. They were so cool. My dad, it was the first time I'd ever seen they had TVs at every booth. Like the oh, little yeah. white 13-inch uh, Zenith televisions. Oh, yeah. And um, he, uh, they were good, man. And... My dad, before that, his dad was partnered in a hotel, and uh, Bill Ambeer was drafted by the Cavaliers, and the Cavs were practicing, and my dad organized a way of having the Cavs, because it was halfway through, or uh, stay at the hotel sometimes before a practice. Point being, he and Lambeer became kind of buddies. Mm-hmm. And Lambeer went to Detroit. My dad, they were still friends, and my dad, I have amazing pictures of my dad, um, uh, on the benches uh, with these guys. He would go on the planes with them. Uh, no I remember being way. in the locker room. I used to call Rick Mahorn the guy with the big boobies because I remember he would hold me. I, I could still remember. I was four, but I remember his boobs. Uh, Rodman gave me a Pistons uh, fanny pack. I remember being in the locker room with these guys. Jesus. Um, so my dad is friends with these guys, and he had these, this great restaurant, and it was uh, they were known for their ribs, and he would do these rib cook-offs. And Lambeer and, and Isaiah Thomas would come, and uh, one of the times Jordan came to it. And no way. Yeah. And my, how old were you? I don't. I I wasn't there remember. at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was probably born, but there's, like my brother was a ball boy at one of these things with the little red glasses. I could see the picture. I have to imagine he's ten at the oldest. Glassman with the little red glasses. Yeah, baby. Um, but he had these sports bars and these, you know national champion NBA athletes, all-stars would come sometimes. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Um, How many did he have? He had three that he owned and managed. He, he would drive me to school at 8 in the morning, and he would uh, once or twice a week he would wake me up when he got home where you get cookies. He would wake me up at 2 in the morning. So my dad is, I mean, he got six. He was home for six hours. I don't know how much he slept. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. It's, it was crazy. Um, seven days a week. Uh, three restaurants, and he always told me, "We just do whatever you want to do. Don't get in the restaurant business." Incidentally, that's what my brother does now, and he works those hours. Yeah. And um, uh, you ever been to the Greyhound in Highland Park? Shout out to the Greyhound. No. Oh no, you're a part owner there, right? Uh, he has a bar next to it called ETA that I am. Yeah. But he, the Greyhound is I'm not, and oh, he's okay. opening his third one now. And my brother works co- constantly. Yeah. If I have to wake up before noon, it better be to do a podcast, and I'm going to need some black tea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I don't you're have that be demanding ethic. about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's wait, are they all called the Gra- what's the new one called? The new one that he's opening is, is going to be the Greyhound or the Greyhound Two or something like and that. And where is that going to be? Glendale. Nice. Yeah. He's opening it now. He's doing a lot of construction. It's very cool. Great work ethic. And how did he get into that? When he moved out here, he moved to LA before I did, and he uh, helped open a lot of restaurants and he managed a lot of restaurants. This is what he did. Um, he was a general manager at Father's Office for a while. Oh yeah. And um, he just had a lot of restaurant experience, and he was good at it. And he decided to do it, do it his own. Yeah. And um, yeah, incidentally, it's it's the Greyhound is a big sports. I mean, it's it's a huge Dodgers and uh, whatever the Tottenham Cougars or whatever the soccer is. For here? Yeah, no, there's a soccer team that everyone in LA loves. UFC? Soccer. Yeah, I know. United Football Club, oh, uh, the LA Football Club, LAFC. No, it's like Tatnum. Ta- oh, okay, like a like a Euro League yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, 
I don't follow soccer. I, I wish anything. I could. I, I loved soccer. I played it growing up. Did you didn't play soccer? I my parents put me in every sport when I was like eight. I, I kicked it for a minute, but no. All right. So when did you learn this thing from your mom? Right. So um I just I don't know the moment. Right. I, I just know that my friends, when I do something, I'm, I'm, I'm. I had a saying in high school. I never drank. I had a saying: "You booze, you lose. You schmooze, you win." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I used to go anywhere, Dairy Queens. I would arm wrestle people for Sundays. I'm oddly a very good arm wrestler, and I would go through drive-throughs and I would do bits. I would get free stuff all over the place. And at the time, the 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 uh, the intention was. One, to get the thing free, and two, to continue this narrative of I'm good at connecting with people quickly, you yeah. know? So uh, Hold on. When did you become 6'3"? Were you, like, short and scrawny as a freshman, or, like, had you... I was tall, like... From jump. No, I got tall in, like, eighth or ninth grade. Okay. I was tall in high school. Because I just picture this, like, little scrawny kid walking through school, going up to, like, athletes, like, you booze, you lose, Shawnee. <laughs> you schmooze, you win. How you doing, Mrs. Carpenter? <laughs> yeah, but I was in the, the special classes. I wasn't, like, totally. the kiss-ass getting the good grades. Yeah. Uh, those guys that I was telling that to were like, all right, man. Um, but uh, my friends still, when I do something, like, they'll say Debbie Glassman. Whenever I do something, they'll say, because it's like, a, like, here's a great example. And I'm good at it, and I do it. But my sometimes I, I defer it to my mom. My mom will still do things for me. If you want to change your your plane, your flight, yeah, um, you have to pay the difference, and you have to pay two. Uh, you don't have to pay two hundred dollars fees with my mom. There's no fees. You change your planes, you change your plane. You, uh, we were at Universal Studios, and uh, we don't want to wait in line. My mom and I've done this a couple of times too, and I say this because I want to show that I could do this. But my mom's the queen. Goes up, does her thing. We get we don't wait in lines at Universal Studios with my mom. What does she do? Well, we at Universal Studios. It's all different, and this is you know I mean it's literally, but it's she kind kills of a microcosm. Yeah, but she's just a saleswoman, and she connects with people honestly and genuinely. And uh, at Universal, there's uh, passwords for every ride, and the password changes every day, so you can't reuse this. But for every ride, there's a different password. You go up to Jurassic Park, and you say bibbity bobbity, and they go yeah. Yeah, yeah, right this way. You know, there's one of those for whatever reason they use that for people. We didn't know that. But my mom had said, listen, I'm leaving tomorrow. We're only here for X hours. We want to go on a few of these rides. Is there any way, is there anything? I know what I'm asking. It's ridiculous. Is there any way we could just, and then they, they yeah, that's fine. And then we walked through and she says, by the way, because my mom said how much of a Harry Potter fan she is and we want to be able to wait in line and that. And she said, by the way, if you say bibbity bobbity or the hot dog's always purple or whatever the thing is. You'll get in free. You'll get in. So now we we got these passwords. So now we, we go Jurassic Park. Then we go to Harry Potter. Um, and then for the other rides, we just now say I, we I, I go up to them and I go Hocus Pocus. I don't remember what I know. There's a password. And they go, Don't worry about it. <laughs> just you know, there's a password. They feel is good enough. Um, you know, my so I'm pretty good with people. You know, of course. And I love talking to people. So. Um, my father-in-law is very good at it as well, and he was in sales for a long time. And when we moved into this place, my father-in-law was like, "I'm going to buy you guys a, a a washing machine and a dryer, you know, because we they have like a hookup." And he's like, "I want to buy those for you guys." And we're like, "Joe," and he's like, "No, I want to do that. It's like my uh, like it was like a wedding gift kind of thing." And there's a place down here you can buy used. We're not buying brand new, you know. And so we go in there, and it's this older Asian guy, and he's very blunt and very direct. 
and my father-in-law were all looking around we're like yeah these are nice you know and he's like all right and then my father-in-law's like okay so what you know we're talking to the guys like what can you do and he's like nope that's the price he goes yeah but what you know could you do a little something we're gonna get the we're gonna get the set you know and he's like nope he's like i'm sure you want to move them off the floor you know there's a lot of stuff he's like nope that's the price and he goes maybe you could take the tax off maybe you could take the. T-. i mean he tried every angle with this guy and this guy did not did not bend and we end up paying full price and uh I said to him, I go home, I go, Joe, man, he really tried to, he goes, I don't know, I mean, I think he cave a little bit or something, but like, I know, and then like, four years later, something broke on, like, the dryer, right, so we need to have, like, the dryer fixed, and so I, like, look up, I'm like, hey, what was that place, and I look it up, and, and I start seeing, like, the Yelp reviews, and they're all one star or no stars, and they're like, the rudest guy, I mean, because he was, he was uh-huh. just like, nope. And uh, I was like, Kate, look at this. How hilarious is this? I go, it wasn't your dad. I'm like, it's just this dude. And then we, he gave us a new dryer. Like, I got him to crack a little bit as a person when he came. Because he came. Came to the house to fix it? Yeah. We got, I ended up getting a new one. I paid for a new one. Okay. Kate and I paid for a new one. And they took the dryer away. And he came in. I was like, was it just you? You're, like, you're doing it all. You're answering the phone. You're picking <laughs> up. You're dropping off. He's like, I know, you know. And I ended up talking to him like, let me get your water. You want a water? He's like, no. I'm like, what? You're one of these guys that doesn't take a water? Let me make you water. I'm like, I'll give you. I go, I go right off the tap, though. I'm like, what do you think? I'm yeah. doing something fancy? We're going right off the tap here. And he's like, all right, I'll take some water. I'm like, ice cubes? And we icing it up? I go, how do you feeling? I mean, like, you're in that truck. It's not a long drive. And then I got the guy to, like, just crack a little bit. I'm like, this guy doesn't crack with anybody. Probably because he busted his ass to get to where he was in this world. Anyway. Yeah, sales I love people. that stuff. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. I, why not talk to people and get them going and fire it up? I dated a girl. Um, shout out to Jackie Tone. We're still friends. And uh, Are you friends with a lot of your exes? Um... That's the only one I'm still friends with. Yeah. Uh, there's one that I would be like that, <laughs> but uh, we're not. Yeah. Um, not, we're not bad. It's just we don't talk to each other. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jackie uh, is very much like my mom in this, and I think it's part of what I liked uh, when I met her, but she has in her car just bags of things, and... Uh, we were at, like what we went to get coffee and there was a woman in the coffee shop and uh she was cold you could tell she was cold because mm-hmm. she was she if, if i were directing her i'd say it's a little much you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> we get it. uh jackie this isn't a stage play jackie <laughs> yeah well it was very it's yeah it's man i mean it was uh even what jackie did was very stage play she uh goes to her car and she gets a blanket for her and uh she gives her a blanket. Now, this is a weird gift for somebody. Yeah. If somebody's on the side of the road, homeless, they would probably take it. But even there, it still sometimes could be a little uncomfortable assumption. She has a way of... It may have actually even been a jacket, actually. I think the blanket was a different thing. She has a way of not just seeing what people want. Or um, need. Giving it to them in a way to where it's... Like you're saying, listen, take the water. It's, you don't drink water? You don't want a little ice? Take a little ice. You know, it's no longer like I feel I'm taking something. It's it's this where it's experience. She, yeah. And uh, she goes and she gives the woman the jacket. And, and not only is it sweet that Jackie has a jacket, it's funny and so ridiculous. She has, she loves giving jackets or shoes or whatever the thing may be. Yeah. She, um, she uh, used to, maybe she still does, but she has a lot of friends that are like celebrities and get 
gifted things a lot. Mm -hmm. And what Jackie used to do was she would go and clean people's closets and she would then sell that stuff at consignment shops or on eBay and she would take a percentage or whatever, you know? Yeah. But she has in her car all this amazing gear and then every now and then she just gives it to people and it's just so cute. Oh, that's got to be the best. I had a pair of shoes that... uh, I still, now, when I want to get rid of stuff, I say, Jack, help me with this because there's certain things I don't wear anymore, but I'm not going to throw it out. Where do I go with this? And she just takes it and she's going to drop it off wherever. And uh, I had a pair of shoes and she she uh, told me this story where uh, I found somebody take your shoes. And this it was like at one in the morning, uh, uh, she, it wasn't under a bridge, but she went through a bridge and stopped right by the bridge. And there was someone on the side of the road who she saw... She saw a toe sticking out or whatever. She knew to... And it's like, that's very sweet of you and cute that you want to tell me that. You're at a bridge at one in the morning somewhere. No, you don't... Don't, don't get... Don't, <laughs> don't get... You know, relax. Yeah. But yeah, she... Um, Drive by and chuck them out the <laughs> window. Throw them out the window or something. No, but it was great. And they fit. Like, as if I'm thinking, oh, I'm glad. I love these shoes. I want them to have a good home. You know? Yeah, totally. Just, My father-in-law worked for General Mills, so he always have samples. So he gives everyone samples, dude. Of like cereal? Of like, uh, no, of like cereal bars, you know what I mean? Like little bars, little like packet, like fruit snack, whatever it is. You're very close with your father-in-law. You've brought him up numerous times on and off the podcast. Yeah, he's a great dude. And uh, I just, we we always make fun of him because like when he retired, I'm like, yeah, what are you going to do? How are you going to get that hookup at Celtics games, Joe? I mean, you don't even have the samples anymore. He's like, oh, jam, man. Like we went to a Celtics game. He's like, let me call over there because he used to get like little packages. Like he get like 12 games a year or eight games a year or something like that. And like little gifts. Yeah. He would always get, he goes, well, I know the, you know, the women in the sales office, I always bring them a sample and stuff like that. And like he, back in the day, my wife would say that like, if they didn't know where her dad was, they would call the bank. Like, hey, is my dad in there? Like, oh yeah, he's right here. Like he would always just like, he loves to like hang out at the bank, the post office. My mom loved hanging out at the bank. My mom's always at the Verizon store. The Verizon. She's always at the Verizon. And she also, she by has the a, way, she has little Sprint. perfumes. She has Sprint. <laughs> um, Where she, does she sell perfume? Like in a mall? She, yeah. I think Macy's or Dillard's or whatever. But she has all these little testers and samples and she's always... Get, and that's that's one of her moves when she calls someplace. If like, Mom, I couldn't get the whatever. Could you help me out here? Um, my mom... Uh, yeah, she would just let... I'm going to bring you gifts. I have little perfumes, blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. I remember I was homesick... Uh, in Cleveland and and uh, I had to fly the next day or in two days so we we're gonna go to the emergency room because it was whatever hour and something was going on and I'm like I'll just wait to go to the doctor tomorrow but I was really not feeling well I don't want to wait you know these lines are like two three hours my mom calls up and blah 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 does her shtick um my son's on a tv show okay and uh we have uh have you heard of blah 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 blah, blah? And, you know I don't remember I don't know if they did or not but she has, t- we have, our boss gave us t-shirts to give to people. I have some, we're going to bring you a t-shirt. Okay. And even if you can't do anything, that's fine. But whatever it was, I wasn't, li- I was sick. And, but I go there and there is a huge line and I go to the front cause my mom told me to just like, and I said, hi Rick. And I go right in, I go right in, in the emergency room. <laughs> oh my God. Because my mom got it. People want gifts. Yeah. It's when you go to a basketball game and they drop from the ceiling the little parachutes that have a a, do, a lottery ticket yeah. or a dollar off a taco and people are throwing their kids to get this free th- who gives a shit but when someone says it's free you're you're winning something yeah yeah it's a good point or when they get that t-shirt cannon out people go bananas i am one of those people 
I go nuts for it. I need you the ever shirt. Off it? Of course, I'm not wearing these big boxy shirts that shrink like that that are hard as cardboard. Every now and then, I'll make a cutoff out of it, but I don't want it. But in the moment, you think you do. But how many times have you caught it off? Well, the te- I've gotten I've gotten a fair amount of times. I will get the the shooter's attention or the thrower's attention. How from? Uh, hey, you, you have good, good hey, seats. <laughs> hey, you know you just do it. Hey, and then you get them, and once they once they look at you, you have. You, you know, give a little is, shake. You you're like, all right, let's yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're throwing shirts and someone says, "Hey," and you look at them, they give you a little shake. You throw them a shirt. You're like, "Fuck, that guy deserves a shirt." I have a question for you. Yeah. Someone who's been podcasting for a long time, like you. Uh huh. It's hurting so bad. Everything hurts. So Jewish. I'm fairly new to this game. Again, mm-hmm. take your shoes off. Podcast. It's fantastic. Just had Blake Griffin on the other day. It's great. I sometimes get a little self-conscious about the level of funny to not and i think what this medium is unless you edit it down to taking the gold it's not going to be you know we're not doing characters yeah it's a conversation but sometimes i feel like and i'm not project i am projecting this but this isn't about you this is about me you know yeah i think this is what i think like in this whole time that like we've been talking i've been thinking like oh man you have an interesting perspective on autism and asperger's and on that spectrum things that people might not understand Uh, every day we all go into restaurants and we don't understand what it's like to own a restaurant so it's an interesting perspective we've all watched tv shows we don't know what people go through um hearing about people's family and parents we all have parents and it's interesting we all just as much as people want to listen uh get a free t-shirt they're listening to free content on their ride they're like they decide like oh you know hopefully the people that are listening are like oh i like the way jay takes a interview you know like when we did when we did the crab feast we were it was all about stories and it was always storytelling and i love that because i'm a storyteller naturally and when i knew i was going to do my own podcast i just want to interview people and get to know them better and initially it was going to be about one thing and then i changed it and i realized i'm like oh i just like letting the conversation where it goes and Mm. some are going to be funnier than others and some are going to be uh, serious and some are going to have serious moments or funny with you know and yeah. I just I'm fine with that that's what I like I think it should be whatever you want it to be so I um, I've with this autism diagnosis I, I a lot of things in my life that were unrelated um, were connected through patterns of, of because I've been given new information and I realized what certain things I had in common based on either the way I was received or what my intention was or what I was unaware of. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of patterns since I was a kid. And, and one of which that I, that I discovered about myself was, uh, you know my stand-up uh, fairly. I mean, you've seen it en- enough times where it's a simple explanation from, that I've heard from a lot of people would be just calling it weird. Um, yeah. I'm weird. Um, yeah. I'm not trying to be weird to be weird. Um, uh, where the disconnect often happens is a lot of people think I'm trying to fuck with people. I've been compared to Andy Kaufman um, a fair amount, and I think the intention with him is is a little bit different. Where I want people to know what I'm doing, they yeah. just don't. For the longest time, I didn't know that they didn't. Uh, I I don't know how I'm being received, and I a, a common s- a symptom of I guess I should say a trait of autism is um, having a difficult time recognizing that people are thinking differently than you. Uh, a lot of times that's misunderstood as lack of empathy, where um, uh, I'm not feeling what you're feeling. Um, but that's not what it is. It's, it's uh, when, I'm f- when I'm funny, I- I'm funny. When I feel like I'm not being funny, I'm not funny. Mm-hmm. So when I think I'm being funny, I don't 
recognize that there's other perspectives. Rick's being annoying. It's inappropriate to do jokes right now. Uh, that was funny, but now it's too much. Whatever it is, I just put on what other... And it wasn't like... It wasn't that I th- I think that you're thinking this. I didn't have the intuition to recognize there are additional perspectives. Um, that's why a lot of times it could be very direct and sharp. Um, if 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 you were to if you were to say uh, you're going to take the Pacific Coast Highway up to Sunset and then turn right, and that's wrong, you get on the 405. I don't realize that. Oh, maybe you want the scenic route. Does that make sense? I 100%. feel like I'm being too many words with this. Yeah, I mean, put it this way: it's an example of like, yeah, we're comedians, but I still post food pics on my Instagram. You know why? Because we all eat. And I'm a human being. And if people are interested in the human being, they're just like, oh, wait, you're cooking. I should cook more. You know what I mean? I'm always, I come from this idea that in comedy, in acting, in writing, I'm just always trying to give people a perspective of like, hey, why don't you do this with your life? Why don't you try this? Because I think that my approach on life and how I like attack life is interesting. And I like seeing people and talking to them about what they think is interesting yeah. and if people don't dig that you're gonna find your audience you figure out you just figure out what you want to do i mean do you you don't write your comedy because of what you think people are gonna well, think i want to finish I, I went off course with the with the person how are you on time I, uh we're great all right um i want to f- uh, contextualize what the point of what i was saying mm-hmm. which is um i as we all probably have uh used uh, developed comedy as a defense in a way of 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 um for me, it was uh, both getting attention and deflecting attention, depending on the situation. Uh-huh. But more so, uh, the deflection of it, I, I've learned recently. People always thought I was odd and weird, and I never knew that. Uh, my whole life, I I always thought I was this funny, charming guy, and it turns out I'm just I'm annoying everybody. I didn't. Know, <laughs> I really didn't know that. And it wasn't like looking back. I didn't have friends. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, because people weren't mean to me. I was never bullied. I just wasn't included in things. Subconsciously, I probably picked up on it. But I used to call this is my one friend, and I've talked about this on a podcast before, so I'm comfortable saying his name, David Price. I called him every week for for probably a year, and he never could. There was always a different reason. I couldn't take the hint because he never said, Rick, I just am not interested in playing with you. Yeah. I later learned that I was either annoying people or I like to wrestle and I get too physical with people and I just people didn't feel safe, whatever it may have been. Cut to I'm now 30 years old and I f- I'm finding out when I'm getting kicked out of a basketball game and a poker game and I'm blacklisted from uh, taking classes at the Groundlings, which is fucking mental. <laughs> All of the I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. I'm kicked out of I'm in a, I've kicked out of school. I've been kicked out of everything, right? Yeah. And then I realized, oh my god, I, I am I wrong? Am I I'm hysterical? Yeah. Am I wrong? So what I learned was um, this weird thing that I'm doing. Everyone, as far as stand-up and the comedy that I'm controlling, people always thought this thing of me. So I, without realizing it, found a brand of comedy that was, I'm going, if you're going to think this way about me, it's going to be because I'm in control of it. So I am going to beat you to the punch. I'm going to be smarter than you and know it before you and do this intentionally. So now I'm falling asleep on stage and doing bits that don't make sense. And mm-hmm. then still, I'm, I, 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 the comedy store refuses. I, they don't even let me. I used to work there. I answered the phones at the comedy store. For how long? Not long. A little over a year. But friends and family and doing the at the comedy store, for those who don't know, it's probably the one of the coolest clubs for sure in the country. And... 
Uh, everyone who works there is an employee. Excuse me. Everyone who most people who work there is a comedian, and they try to work their way up and yep. answering the doors of the phones or whatever. And once you're once you work there, you're in the friends and family. Where on 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 su- Monday nights, potluck, potluck, you get to you get to perform three minutes, and then every now and then they give you a developmental spot. That's where I was always. Now I I, he won't, I, I haven't gotten a spot there unless a comedian booked me in over two years. They don't let me do the friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just. Someone knocking? No, it's a squirrel. Point being, I'm. I started my stand-up career doing the oddest, weirdest things. I bombed more than anybody else, and you're I, great at bombing. I actually have developed accidentally comedy around the intentional bomb, where people know what I'm doing. At least that's the goal. Yeah. It took me a very long time to figure that out, but I still have this this opinion about me from a lot of people including the people who booked that place that this is what rick is this odd guy who's polarizing and we don't know what we're going to get and um yeah i so i've been doing stand-up for 12 years now it wasn't until the past two years where i started to realize what i was doing and why i was doing it and and since then it's i've learned like even now i'm saying so many words and i'm so insecure about talking too much about this no but I, i'm just wondering what is your final point or point of this uh, you know that um that right so when when uh emotionally when i'm doing something for a while and there's not a lot of bits mm-hmm. that i could con- that i'm in control of um i start to f- i start to get, feel uh i start to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I've developed those bits to control how people feel about me because when I can't control it, they're not. I'm not going to be included. I'm not going to be liked. I'm not going to be wanted. I'm not going to be welcomed. I get that completely. So I do have this thing in me which I I know is annoying, and that's what I have been working on a lot this past few years. Of Rick, turn it off, and um, I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would love to. And come to my house. I'm off. Yeah, you know what I mean. But here, I, I need to survive, and wrongly. I mean, I, even right here doing this podcast. Again, uh, two things: one, I, I'm more aware of myself, and two, uh, 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 I'm comfortable and safe with you. Yeah. So no, but there is still a big part of me where it's just like, I know I could do bits. I know I could be funny, and then I'm going to watch this, and I'm going to be so annoyed with myself. See, I see people sometimes like when I sit down, like they they're like trying for bits, but I just don't. I just am not looking for bits. If it, if funny happens, right. we're gonna happen. I because I look, I subscribe to the idea that if you're a comedian and I'm a comedian, funny things are gonna oh, happen. Man. You know, we can talk about funny things. You know, whether we like continue them and like make it like, oh yeah, let's just fuck around that's for the hour. That's a great place to live, dude. That's that's cool. Otherwise, let's just talk because people at the end of the day are interesting, and you're gonna say stuff that like. That whole rant that you just went on, I'm sure there are people right now like, dude, do you hear, what is this guy? What is he saying? Uh, I'm just and they picturing everyone fast forwarding and so annoyed with me. And I, I know that is the case. I'm sure sometimes it's not. See, I had, you know, I, I was, I went through social anxiety for a long time. And honestly, you know when it ended for me? And this is, I mean, people thought I don't care. No, when I quit booze. I would be at functions when with comedians nine months ago. When I would be at functions with people and... You know, like it, 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 you know, any comedians around and shit. I got felt so much pressure. I'm like, ah, that guy doesn't like me. Did I was I rude to him before? I think I was rude to him. I don't think he like. And I just like play it out. I'm like, ah, have a drink. You know, just chill out. Or like, I used to smoke cigarettes to like be able to just go away from a party so I could just go smoke a cigarette. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just hang with smokers, and then we'll have something in common. We have cigarettes in common. So it's like I think everyone battles anxiety, yeah. and especially like trying to be social. You know, um, what are you dealing with pain? right now so much really this. what in your shoulder this up here yeah constantly what, what was the shoulder surgery 
Okay, I'm going to answer you, but because of what we're talking about, I want to just kind of dissect this. Yeah, go ahead. Fuck the, fuck the what shoulder. What was the shoulder surgery? Here's my instinct that I've learned to censor. Here's my instinct. My instinct was to say to you, who gives a shit? But I, what I've learned is that means now I'm negating you. I'm making it seem like what you want to know is unimportant mm-hmm. and you don't matter. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I never realized that. I would used to do things like that. But the who gives a shit was really about me anticipating, okay, I know the beats of this story. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but that's my my feeling there's i'm calculating everything all the time of what's worth it what's not and it's exhausting okay but do you think that's the autism or do you think that's los angeles and you trying to get ahead i I know it's not the latter okay so Um, then then autism i don't know if it's autism i do know the part in autism that that it is which is me being very confident wrongly that what i think is what you think and and if i know something you know it so it's not interesting. I, my comedy suffers from this. A lot of times I will go up on stage. To me, there, there's, a, there's like eight, eight kind of jokes, but the biggest one is the left turn, right? Mm-hmm. And um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so I, I just made out with this girl. She was beautiful, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, now I'm embarrassed to be around my grandma. Yeah. And that's, oh my God, he was making out with his grandma, right? Yeah. So by design, especially in a comedy club, the cadence alone, da, 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 blah, 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 people know where it's coming. So I am anticipating where the turn is. So I assume the audience does two things. One, they're not in my head. They don't know my joke. And no. two, they're not around comedy all the time. So a lot of times for me, the best left turn is to go straight. And I have like what the, I used to do this joke that was guy walks into a doctor's office. There's actually a bad news and good news uh the uh the bad news is you have strep throat but the good news is that the insurance will cover it and it'll be fine and i used to <laughs> think that was the funny and i it never worked and i never figured out yeah. why people just wait where's the joke and to me oh we knew there was a joke point being whatever i'm thinking you're thinking and that gets in my way a lot and when i'm thinking i don't care about this because i went through it and i talked about it before right but i think as far as comedy goes the reason comedians are on stage is because what they're thinking no one else is thinking or they know how to oh. manipulate words so that people that are listening aren't thinking them or they are thinking it but we're just two steps ahead and so their brain isn't caught up to it yet so we're because we're leading them down this trail their brain wants it to be something and then we make it that thing and they're like holy shit i was gonna like they don't have time to think shit i was gonna say that because we're on to the next thing you know what i mean logically that makes sense because i see some comedians that i'm like jesus could you hit this any more over the head like i'm like i see what you're doing and i see that you're hitting it over the head then there are other comics that i'm like i'm laughing at throwaways because I just think it's funny. Yeah, you have a palate for that, though. Yes, Same. A big time. I love. Co- I never wanted my comedy to be something that everyone was going to laugh at. I used to say to people, I'm like, I want my comedy to be the kind of thing that people go home at night, they go to lean over to turn out the light, and they think of something I said, and they start laughing then. Mm-hmm. But then I started realizing, I don't care about what anyone thinks. I see situations that I think are funny, and then I know that I'll find a way to make them funny. Right. And I hope that, like... Now I'm just like, I feel like I've just been doing it long enough that, you know, and like you said, if you can make people laugh in the OR, I've been getting so comfortable. The OR used to be a place where I was like, you got to do your best stuff, bro. You got to do your best stuff. And like recently I get up on stage and I open with a joke I had never told. It happened that day. I went right into it and it crushed. And I just remember being like, oh, 
Yeah. I can do that now. Yeah, I'm so excited to maybe one day be able to do that there. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll have that opportunity again. You know what I'm excited about? Being able to someday have a TV show that actually shoots live in the third season that no one's done in probably 50 years. And, you know, that being a groundbreaking fun. thing to get a ton of money cool. that I can, like, live off of for the next three years. Yeah. So, you know, grass is always greener. And you, I would love to be in a Caddyshack-based movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you were. Yeah. 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 And get to go play pickup basketball games with guys that won't even take meetings with me. Yeah. And, and guys that, that actually, they say, we'll take meetings with them, but we can't have them around socially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play basketball with him, even though he thinks that's the best thing he's at. It's, good at. You know, well, this is also a tough thing in our business is that, like, the social element that gets tied into, like, what your yeah. craft is and what your art is. And, like, oh, yeah, but do I like this guy? Whereas, like, I went on a meeting yesterday and I'm like, this guy clearly likes me. He follows me. You yeah. know what I mean? But do I have the whole package that he can go get a show on the air? No, you know. So like, there's so much that goes into it. But I think you. I mean, obviously, this what you're working on is just you gotta allow yourself. I think the ultimate freedom is just being okay with who you are and knowing oh, that it's okay. I, 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 I to uh, with all this, the obstacles I've been talking about are things that I'm that aren't my strengths. I'm I'm very proud of, and I love how much I love myself and have accepted who I am. The, the the challenge for it was I've always I always have, um, and then I found out that I was actually more than just what I thought I was for better or for worse. Just like I love me, but when I if if who I am is bothering other people or more specifically getting in their way when I'm not meaning to, I don't love that about me. Do you know when so I, I have to discover that? Yes. Do you Go know ahead. when I realize how much people respect you in this business? No, we were, we were on Ocean Park Boulevard, out front of that coffee shop. I was at the. We, I we were all auditioning. There's that audition house yeah. right there. Janine then, McCarthy, huh? Janine McCarthy. Was that the woman's yeah. name? She's another casting director. She's not in that office, though. Oh, this is. I remember being outside. Anyway, yes, and this woman story. came down and was talking to us and talking to you. And it's the woman that cast you in that Netflix movie. Oh, Allison Jones. That wasn't Allison Jones, was it? Allison Jones was who cast me. Oh. Okay, so it was Allison Jones, who's awesome. I mean, come on. She's the best. Just, I, I want to say this because b b people that aren't in this business don't, that's not a household name. But you see Allison Jones' names at the end of I wanna, yeah. major projects. Okay, Golden Girls, Fresh Prince, The Office, Veep, 40 Year Old Virgin, Kirby Enthusiasm. Kirby Enthusiasm, Super Bad. I mean, she's. Name it. Yeah, yeah. She's unbelievable. And but she's that's been not where very, her office Her office is over in Los Feliz. It used to be. Not, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. But she's moved. Okay, either way. And we're all talking. She's the one who cast you in that Netflix movie. Yeah. Okay, so we're all talking, and you know, I'm just being a comic. I remember I it wasn't Allison. It was someone who worked on Futile or something. Okay, yeah. It, either Sorry, way, go on. I made a joke about you, like making fun of you, like a comedian does. Uh -huh. And this woman turned to me and like didn't defend you as if to say like don't make fun of anyone. She defended you like. He is talented. There's a reason he works, and oh, like, and, I, and I remember just being like, "Oh, like she wasn't mad at me, you know what <laughs> I mean?" But she just took this stance, like, "Oh no, I would never view Rick in that manner." And I was like, oh, I, nice. "I wanted to like stop and be like, hey, I love Rick. Are you kidding <laughs> me? We were just in his car talking about like a TV show uh -huh. for him, and it was just like eye opening. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's great that people view you and respect you oh, in that, that manner. Nice. That they were like immediately like, oh, I would I would defend him." Even though, like, this woman clearly didn't know that all I do is fuck with people, you know? You said um, about being liked and uh, what that means in this business and 
Um, I have a, 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 I don't know if it's an anecdote because I never remember what anecdote means, but a little story. An anecdote would be something like uh, you booze, you lose, you schmooze, you win. Oh, well, then uh, I have something that's a little bigger than an anecdote. Okay, yeah, I give it But to not you. as poignant. Um, Dak Shepard mm-hmm. is uh, who I know through um, my ex and have since become friends with uh, is my is my role model. Mm-hmm. Like I don't uh, do you know Dex? I don't know him personally. No, but I every everything I see about him comes off as positivity and like crazy. caring, sweet human. And being. so smart. Uh, I find that um, that recovering addicts have something in common, which is a certain level of emotional emotional maturity. That even if we're not on the same frequency, I could at least l- believe listen to you. Yeah. Like you, these opinions to you, agree or disagree, you have th- put thought into, and he has that thing going with him too. He's very, he's a lot, he's very much into the psychology of relationships and of people and blah blah. But having met him and this guy who's, you know, he's tall, he's alpha, he's successful, he's strong, he's funny, he's quick, he's smart, plus all the emotional maturity stuff. It's like I want to be around this. I love this guy. Yeah. So. He is my go-to guy if I have a question about something that's in this business. Because I don't know if I could talk to my managers or my agents or my friends. It's all conflicting interests, and we're all too close to each other. Um, so when there's something I, I really want to know and know the truth of, I go to him. And there's been like four moments that I've uh, in this business where I've gone to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was the show Undateable that I was on that I wasn't. Uh, I was not a big part of the show. And uh, the second or third year at the upfronts, when once a year a television show goes to New York, and it's like this big advertisement um, event, and well, they uh, present their shows in front of advertisers. Shows, yeah. yeah, and uh, you fly out there, and it's a, it's always seemed like a cool thing. You fly first class, you stay in this hotel. There's events, they take care of you. There's gift bags, blah blah blah. It was always Crystalie and Brent Moore, and who were the main two of the show. They would always go, and that's awesome. That's great. But one year they they decided to also bring two two of the girls. Mm-hmm. So there could be diversity, and then they also brought another guy. So there's there's the cast of seven people. They brought five of them. Two of us, me and my buddy David Finn, uh, didn't go. And my my feeling was, uh, oh, so Bill Lawrence, who was the boss of the show, yep. incidentally also the basketball game that I got kicked out of for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So such an amazing dude sent us an email and said, hey, man, that sucks because it's the network decision. Sucks that this is happening. This is what it is. Um, if you guys, uh, if you fly yourself out here, I'll put you up and I'll make sure you come to all the events and all the things. And he was going to himself pay for that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that because I felt like I wasn't invited. I-, I felt like bad. I felt like it was a charity. I also very much wanted to experience this as I had been the past two years. I want to go to Upfronts. I want to see what this thing is like. What do I do? And I called Dax and I talked to him about it. And um, I don't remember the exact words he said. I know what it made me feel. But the only thing I remember what he said, which was he said, don't ever raise your hand for anything, which was if if you want to do something and you're not asked to do it, you don't want it. Don't don't you don't do it. If you weren't invited to go to this thing, don't go to it. And he said, here's your job. Your job is to show up on time, do your job and and make sure everybody likes you. Now, that wasn't a way of pleasing everybody. Everybody likes no, you. Totally. That was a way of just do what you're supposed to do so people want you around. And he told a couple of stories that are, I'm sure they're fine to tell, but they're his business. I won't tell, but of stories of his past and his experiences with people and how in his past, 
he always wanted more. He wanted to get an extra line or renegotiate to get paid a little bit more. And he compared that to somebody else that one of his best friends who's like, and he said the difference was that I know now is that's not likable. People want to be around people that they like. I mean, talent is important, but I mean, personally, if I were casting something, I would rather put someone that I know that maybe isn't as talented that I like than someone I don't. You just want to be around that. Well, um, someone broke it down to me one time. They're like, if a director is going to shoot a commercial for eight days in the Bahamas, does he want to go with his best friend right. who acts? Or does he want to go with this guy who's amazing, who he's just meeting and doesn't know if he's a dick? Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get that. That did a big thing for me. That is a very concise way of saying it. That did a big thing for me because when I was on that show, uh, I had some ego issues where I wasn't talking much and I didn't think my lines were funny and my best friends are on the show and they're all talking a lot. And once he said that, I realized that this what my job is and it's not to make myself feel valued. My job is to do what they're paying me to do. Yeah. And it was like that and the shift and how grateful I am. I was always grateful. I guess I'm being defensive now, but more so, I guess I should say grateful I am just to have a paycheck and make meet people that'll eventually have me in a basketball game or have me do their podcast they'll do mine and just develop relationships throughout the way and the job isn't to do bits and to be funny and to be the best and to be competitive and to show up in new york it's to just do your lines and be easy yeah and uh that's not easy for me to do but recognizing that logically it's i have a great instinct and practice of recognizing a little too late but still now recognizing oh rick you're trying right now and you're just fucking just sit in the chair man you know yeah but i mean i've had that same thing like i always only wanted to feel like people wanted me there that's why i was interested to hear what his advice was going to be because my instinct would be like yeah i wouldn't go to that because i wouldn't want to be anywhere right. where like where i would have to wonder every situation if people are like well, what's he doing here uh-huh. um so i like that he gave that advice and i think that's someone said that to me one time like you, you're worrying about too much. As long as when you leave, everyone's like, that guy was great. Yeah, he did his lines. He did exactly. Dude, I learned it working with David Lynch. He, all he all gave right, a shit cool. about doing is like, get it done. Yeah. Like, get it, just get it done so I can move on because mm-hmm. as long as you're doing your work, it's hard because sometimes the squeaky wheel always gets the, you know, gets mm-hmm. attention and you're like, well, if I just do what I'm supposed to do, is anyone going to remember me? You know, and some people, you know, are so high maintenance that they keep getting involved people like because they always on people's minds you know speaking of high maintenance yeah how would you feel for the last x minutes of this podcast for something a little crazy i mean we're already over time okay. what would you like to do switch chairs no so this I'm is my this chair <laughs> <laughs> no this is great then we'll finish right on this okay. and then i'm gonna come to your podcast yeah good yeah uh, well, I love you, buddy. I'm I so glad you that you came by and uh, Kate was able to make you some tea. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, bud. Um, uh, I uh, didn't finish the tea. I got what I needed out of it, but... You don't need to. I don't want you to have too much caffeine. Great. Perfect. My question, though. Yes. Do I pour it in the sink and not ever see it? Yeah. What do you What do you want to do? Uh, oh, she's not going to care? Okay. You don't want to walk in and, and be like, how was that tea that I slaved over? Good, I had two sips. No, she wouldn't care. She didn't slave over. slaved over. I feel like that's a thing you're not allowed to say anymore. <sighs> you could say slave. You can't say slaved over, I feel like. You can slave over things. Oh, eat this meal. I slaved over it. I think, sl- I don't know. Now, <laughs> now you got me in rough territory here. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy how much I'm on stage now talking about things that are fine. And I'm, I'm 
I'm not oh, entirely present because I'm thinking the, this PC culture that we're in right now, is this going to be misunderstood? I put a note in, uh, in my phone. I think it's such a, I don't know if I'll make a bit out of it, but I said deaf. And I'm like, am I allowed to say deaf? Are you allowed to say deaf? I think you are. I mean, I, think I just say hearing impaired. I just oh, maybe you do. But I just explained to my kids recently what like deaf and because we have this like one book called Boy and it's about a boy who can't hear. He's mm-hmm. deaf and he can sign. He, they say he has dancing hands. So I had explained to the kids like this is called sign language. And like I'm like, you know how like Telma speaks Spanish and she uses Spanish as a language. Music is a language. We talk in a language. There's also a sign language, different things. This means thank you, you know, and like different stuff like that. And they were like, I go, so some people can't hear. They're deaf. I go, so think about how lucky it is that you're able to hear things and they have to like break that whole thing down. Anyway, I love you. Thanks so much. And I can't wait to do your podcast. Uh, uh, take your shoes off with Rick Lassman. Check it out if you're yeah. still listening. I, you know what I mean. I'm sure a lot of people have tuned out at this point. I've left you know about 25 it's, minutes. It's been ago. two and a half hours. We're also on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Rick Lassman. Perfect. But uh, yeah, so uh, I like to end all my podcasts in a certain way that I would like to end yours with. What's that? Uh, we do a quick little chair swap. No. All right. All right. Well, my guys. name is Rick Lassman. Thank you so much, Jay Larson, for having me uh, here on your podcast. Make sure to check out next week's episode with Seth Rogen. Is it really? For you, I was setting up for you. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's not going to happen. I don't know who next is. But we got some great guests coming up. Okay. All right. Thanks, bud. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I love Rick so much. And it's just to get an inside look at his brain and how the brain might work of people that are on the spectrum uh, and are able to be successful and be creative was just... Uh, Awesome him to open up, and I love him to death. Check out all of his stuff. Again, his podcast, Take Your Shoes Off Podcast. Follow him at Rick Lastman on Instagram. And uh, check out a futile and stupid gesture because he's great in it, and uh, I love him. I love you guys as well. Please keep interacting and reaching out, and uh, I'll see you next week.